We're still getting there. We go with rain. So how we doing, dude? It's still wet outside, so I'm getting it about as quiet as I can get it. It's all good. It's all good. We'll get the headphones in. I just rocked the headphones in here. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get this thing started. What's up, guys? John Sintez, Alex Rojas, let's win a ball game podcast. My guy over here, we, we've excited. We've, we've got some updates. Um, we have a new Instagram um, page that we've started. We're working on a YouTube channel and also getting the audio version of this onto Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify, anywhere else. So please be ready. Please be ready to like and subscribe everywhere. We're going to be pretty excited about that. Um, we also will be dropping a shirt and, I don't know, maybe a water bottle. I'm not sure yet, but definitely a shirt. We know we can do that. Um, so we'll be, be on the lookout for that. We'll have that on the website when we get the website made. And so, yes, but today's podcast, very exciting because we really wanted to um, go over the most favorite time of year of everybody, which is a happy World Series season, guys. Happy World Series. Welcome. We're you know, here. If you, you know, for here. you, for the people that understand the non-baseball world, because, you know, there's the baseball world and the non-baseball world, when you walk by a person and you say happy World Series, they give you that weird look like, did he just wish me a happy? Yes, it is. He did. It's that time of year. So, anyway, what's so, up, my guy? So, when I was on, I went live. And I was talking about what, so I went back and I watched the first episode of what you and I were talking about. Um, my favorite worst baseball player, who wasn't even a bad baseball player. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out why a man that's built like Julius Peppers does not throw a hundred, right? It just, it was boggling my mind. And his name is Deolis Guerra and he plays for the A's. And then we were talking about Will Smith today. And one of the things we were talking about with Will Smith was his spin rate was on, right? He was spinning that ball at a very high velocity. And I went back, and you were talking about spin rate at a certain RPM. No, I'm not going to say which RPM because you know it. I don't. But after that, the ball starts to rise. Mm -hmm. It was like mm -hmm. every 100 RPMs after X the ball will start to rise. And that's the riding fastball, right? And then I watched what you posted on your page. And I was watching this riding fastball against all these Dodger hitters. And if you were to zoom in on the baseball and you would have seen that RPM on that thing at 94 plus miles an hour, 93 plus, 95 plus, anything that's spinning like that, it's like the illusion of the eyes, because what we were talking about in that first episode, if you go back, we were talking about what the hitter sees versus the reality of what's happening. And it's mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. it almost sounds like if you're a fisherman out there, you'll understand the idea of what water does in terms of where the fish is in reality to where you are is a lot different when you're looking through water. And it's almost like that idea where you have this weird well the ball is here it's not it's not there because you think right, it's going right. down when in reality it's on this it's it's like in between this weird plane right it's like no man's land and well okay so let me go into that too because yeah I, you know there's some there's also maybe a little some brain tricks going on there too because yeah. the the slower you throw it the, the more it arcs at the end right so it's probably yeah. a little bit of a 
a learning curve, right? And when the ball doesn't spin enough, then it has that little arc dip at the end of it, right? So the faster you throw it, the less it does that arc, right? And the more spin it goes through, then it really doesn't do it. And so, you know, uh, I watched, uh, there was a beautiful video on will Trevor Bauer return to the big leagues or not, um, you know, on YouTube. I think it's like, does baseball exist? Great YouTube channel. Um, and they went over his spin rates of pre, I want to say pre 17 or 18. One of the years, oh, what was the, I guess it was 19. Yeah, it was 19. So 2018, he had a spin rate fastball of average around 2000 to 2100, somewhere around there. And uh, the year he won his Cy Young, his average spin rate was almost 2900. And so I don't know of another way to increase spin rate besides something like that maybe <laughs> this podcast maybe is here. sponsored by the sticks. <laughs> um, but I do know saliva, uh, bubble gum. There's a bunch of different things that people do to this. And it's not exactly a easy process to learn and master. It's definitely difficult. Um, ask yourself when you watch a reliever and he spikes a first pitch breaking ball well in front of the plate why did that big leaguer look like a 12 year old all of a sudden that was weird that was just really weird i've never you know um and you see it more and more lately i i remember you know back in the day that the class and clout of the pitcher and the announcers if you bounced a breaking ball well in front of the plate the announcers might even laugh at you you know as the game was going on and that might get around espn you know and so yeah, you don't want to be laughed at. Definitely not. You want to be intimidating as a pitcher. You don't want to be somebody's friend. Um, so take that information on spin rates and stuff, and and uh, I, you know, I want to jump into our baseball savant stuff. Are you ready? Because this is sure. exciting. We got uh, two probable starting pitchers. By the way, first of all, wait, hold on. Can we pause for a second? Yeah, I'm sorry. Is, I was going to say I jumped ahead. Is Trevor Bauer not going to play baseball again at a professional level as good as he can? <laughs> I, I believe here's here's my prediction. I'm a, Does anything go make you feel more OJ than that move right now? Like there's <laughs> such a like a what? Right. Sorry, sorry right. for those of you who are, are like I'm just like it. It's weird for you to disengage as hard as you're doing, and mm -hmm. you know, just like it, it's hard to it's hard to. It just reminds me of Terry Bradshaw having a reality TV show now. It's just like, why? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing, bro? Like, it's it's. I don't know. It's this whole like trying to keep eyes on you. You know, like, like yeah. I think the easier thing would just been like, I don't understand how hard this stuff is, right? But playing at your highest level is the platform that you can be forgiven by the people instead of distancing yourself from the people. Maybe he feels like he can contact more people with YouTube. You know? Sorry. I just had I you said that and I was like, that's the craziest concept. Like maybe the best pitcher in the big leagues having a legal hiccup that seems to be resolved, right? Seems to be resolving. Nope, itself. nope, we're still in the middle of it. Okay, so one of them, one of them I think, but I know a part of it was resolved. Right. Well, let me update you. Let me update you. Yeah. Real convenient that the day after the season ends, when his contract is done, yes. right, he, he starts going live on his vlog again and posting on social media. So I have a feeling that he might want to influence public opinion, I would say. That might. 
Because I imagine this thing's going to trial if I, if there is one thing that's going on with this, you know. And in a game of he said, she said, and that's how it is, it's all good. You know what I mean? It's got to be a process of how everything has to come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you got to put all the cards on the table for us to understand what's happening. And so whether that's going to happen or not, I think it is, it is a problem that someone who is that good and spent that much time, if it comes out that he is innocent, that he would lose time. Because time is more valuable than money to me. And so I empathize for him in that situation. But obviously, we don't know until we know. But that being said, I can predict that he will probably go to Japan um, and play that there was, for probably so, okay. so a, year, about... a year, or two, year or two. I would say he would do that. So let's talk about like a idea a of branding. war, right? <laughs> like that dude, right. if you talk about the idea of really winning baseball games, that dude's war is very high. Mm-hmm. He could he can win a baseball game for a team, right? Mm-hmm. You score one mm-hmm. run, he can he can throw nine out there for you. Is it going to happen every time? No. Is he going to throw a CG right. shutout? No, right? But he has the proponency of helping. Has he ever won 20 plus games? Ooh, good. I don't know. Let me pull this up. Let me see what we got here. Because he's a guy, like, we can go a whole bunch of ways with, like, how to win a baseball game with that guy. Like, that dude on your Diamond Dynasty, the show, like, what that dude can do is oh, pretty incredible. He has his own baseball savant page. I'm excited. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. This is exciting. Like, you could run all day with his spin numbers okay. and, like, how that pertains to spin illusions mm-hmm. like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Because, like, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about with this World Series is the Braves play a little bit more. We're telling our guys the information, but we're not strategizing our game off the information. The Dodgers seem to strictly use that information. Like, one of the things that I heard at the end of the Fox coverage or the TBS coverage, I think it was Jimmy Rollins who said it, was, you know, you got to look at the the statistical errors here. And I'm like, whatever happened to just being a better baseball team? Like, like you know, just like you got better baseball players. You can punch your numbers all you want, but eventually you just need guys that can play. Watching the Astros get there absolute doors kicked off the first two games and bounce back and win that thing was very impressive. That's a baseball team. They've got numbers. They've got all this stuff. But the Red Sox scored 13 runs, went up 2 nothing. A lot of people were like, this thing's over. And the Astros came back and put it on. So I'm curious to see how the data comes into this series because both teams kind of use it, right? Everyone uses it. It's not a thing that people aren't using anymore. It's been a part of baseball forever, right? But this this collection of stuff that you got on Trevor Bauer, right, that's that's very telling, right? What does it tell us about Mr. Trevor Bauer? Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, I, one could say you could make an argument that he might have been the missing piece to what the Dodgers might have needed because, like, if you heard Pedro Martinez in the post-game interview, he destroyed the Dodgers saying, how do you, how do you go be the most aggressive um, you know, team at the deadline and get some absolute monsters like Max Scherzer and all these, and all these guys and have one of the best, if not the top two starting rotations in Major League Baseball and then not use them how they're supposed to, right? 
Next thing you know, Scherzer goes down with a uh, uh, dead arm, right? Yep. You also had Joe Kelly go down with bicep tendonitis, Gratterall. Like, he just abused everybody, right? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can throw one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning, no problem. No, no, you can't. It's not – it is not that easy if guys don't have – because this is what's exposing the inefficiencies of, of what some of these guys' mechanical uh, issues are, right? If your mechanics produce you to be sore so much that you can't go every day or every other day or full bore like that, then there has to be something that's causing a problem, not necessarily the performance side of what it is. So if you can only throw at 100% capacity and health every four days – then that's the, the safest ratio for, for you to stay with them. But if you decrease that rest ratio too much, then this is what happens. Baseball. You can't keep plugging shit in the numbers. You can't keep relying on the saber metrics. You got to just play the human element every once in a while. 100%. Like, 100%. If the Dodgers had a healthy team for – just their starting rotation. You take out the other Max Muncy, and you can even say the guys that have their wear and tear throughout the season. But you just add a Clayton Kershaw and a Trevor Bauer, that's a five-man rotation that's very hard to deal with. Then you have a bullpen. You know, so from one standpoint, you got to take care of your body, guys. You know, Clayton Kershaw's body is, you know – he used his body pretty well throughout his 20s, and he's in his early 30s, and he can't carry it through, which kind of sucks to watch because how old's Albert Pools? How old's Steele? Like 44, 42? No, he's 57. He has to be 57 oh. years old. Whatever he is, right? Whatever, right? He can't swing anymore. He's 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 like you know what I'm saying. Like no. father time gets his 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 attack angle is wrong. Come on, it's not that he can't swing. Well, that's all. Think of his body, dude. He can't no, kind of dude. move his body like he used to. Bro, he's swinging at his left shin. Let's be honest. That's what I'm saying. He like, he's not, not even getting. Get, he's not even getting underneath it like old Pujols. Like we used to see this guy go. Yeah. Dude, his stance. I looked at a video of his stance. His feet couldn't have been any wider. Like, yeah. couldn't have been any wider, right? right. But his barrel path was so much better. His barrel path was so was much better. Turning, that's all he was doing. Now he's, like, right. leg kicking, and he's off balance because he has to do more to do that. Because he's old. Because he's Thiel. He's not King Albert anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's crazy. Like, when you lose your nickname for, like, uncle, you know what I mean? You go from mm-hmm. King Albert to Thiel. <laughs> that's funny. Right. Like, ah, man, that's a tough one. But speaking of, like, I really want to talk about what we, like, what we talked about in episode one really does play with who's pitching for not only the Braves, because we talked about left-handed pitching today, right? But we also know that the Astros got a lot of great breaking ball guys. Like, they have a lot of phenomenal breaking ball guys. Um, I'm not sure how... um, their starting rotation is. I really haven't kept up with most of their play uh, from the starting rotation standpoint. Um, I knew from the start of the season that Pedro Alvarez was going to be absolutely horrifying for pitchers to deal with. Um, is that his name? The the left-handed yes. first oh, baseman for the Astros. Yordani? Uh, that dude is – I watched him play the A's. The A's were playing a shift on him. 
right? And he goes oppo three times for three extra base hits as a left-handed hitter, you know. It's just they're going to play baseball, right? But do you think that the right-handed hitters of the Astros are going to be able to compete with what the left-handed options of the Braves are? One more time. I'm sorry. So you just, what what we talked about with the Dodgers, right? Oh, yes, they don't yes. hit lefties very well. That's what we found right, out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's gonna happen with these Astro guys? Well, I think you have a different beast because you have to play a different game, right? So that's a great question. Let me go that would be some savant answers, right? These here are the because... guys that I'm thinking I'm thinking about Correa, I'm thinking about right. Altuve, I'm thinking about Bregman. Now granted you still have Brantley, you still have got Tucker. Right? Those are two left-handed bats. You've got Alvarez. That's three left-handed bats. I couldn't say that's any different than Seager, Bellinger, and Gavin Lux. Right? Like right. Well, it's very symmetrical. Um, I would say that going on the probable starters, you get Charlie Morton, also former Astro, going against the Astros as a Brave, maybe knowing the Astros a little bit. So there's, a, I think there's an even deeper layer of what this is. So we got a right-handed starter to set up the left-handed lineup. I think the lefty bullpen is going to be – we're going to see all right-handed starter, I think, because you could bring back Freed out of the pen if you wanted to. You could, like, yeah, you could go, you could go BS opener to do – because I don't hate the opener idea to force a certain lineup if you're really going to strategize it, right? But do it the right way. Like, let the starting pitcher come in in the second inning and just ride it. Right. Don't put him in for an inning or two. Don't make it a bullpen game. So, you know, if, if you get Max Freed throwing spinners against all those guys, like, I don't know. I think he's going to be fine because, like, he's – as long as he gets locked in and he can execute his pitches. So, that'll be the interesting part. So – those the Braves bullpen and, and the left-handed Fuego that's in there is very potent. So I, I'm I'm in, I'm excited to watch what this you know what these matchups will produce and what all of this numbers and data and all these hot zones will go with because you know we we talked about Charlie's numbers the other day about everything and and just looking at comparing some some of these um, pitch stats we have. You know, uh, Giordani, uh, first pitch swing percentage, 55. Kyle Tucker, 58. Castro, 58. Um, Cormick, 57. Uh, Correa, 57. Siri, 69. Gurel, 59. I mean, these dudes are hacking, dude. These guys are hacking. They're That's just swinging. They're you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a normal brand of baseball. And it makes a lot of sense because you see a lot of these guys first pitch contact even you know what's that you know there's a lot of good data into this michael brantley 63 jake meyer 61 bregman low 57 ds 67 i know right so we flip over to the brave side of this and it's not we found that out they were a little bit yeah exactly right except for he's up there on average Right. On average, on average, definitely. I mean, uh, you could easily say five to eight points lower. So, like, it, they're still swinging, right? So That's still significant, have over, though. Well, it's five to eight points is very significant. A, well, you got a 50-50 chance they're cheating first pitch, which means if they're cheating first pitch, they're cheating second pitch, right? So, like, you, if, we get, if we can get them to swing mode, then we can start getting them to chase mode. Right? So, I'm now you're looking I'm at – writing it down. Right? So, now you're looking at – the ideas of, right? So if I can get you to say I'm spinning it well, right? So if I'm spinning it well, 
All I got to show you is a good first pitch fastball. Because guess what? 50-50, you're swinging it. A lot of the situations that we saw dictated based on previous at-bats, right? Mookie Betts taking two absolute meaty fastballs. But because he was set up earlier in an abnormal fashion, right? Just off-speed, off-speed, his eyes weren't set up for that. So it depends right. on, like, you know, like, I would like to see if baseball savant has inning by inning or like like seventh through ninth, a guy is definitely going to be predominantly on the Dodgers. They seem to be a little bit more conservative, you know, because they were getting set up to do that. It seemed like. Right. Right. I agree. It, it definitely the Dodgers, I think, you know, underestimated the. The understanding that, like, lefties can get righties out. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I feel like I have an even larger arsenal against a lefty than I do a righty because, like, you have more space to – because, like, running things arm side almost feels more foreign to most people than, than not. It's a very hard thing to get used to, especially when you stand on the far right of the rubber like I do. So the, I don't feel like the holes are created the same way in the game that I'm playing. So when you play that – that game like what charlie morton's going to be doing where he's going to be running the cutter curveball and slider off the outside corner he has to establish the fastball inside and he tried to go sinker inside last time and just couldn't get strike one so if he gets ahead with that then i find the the astros having a very difficult very difficult time and we're you're looking at um you're looking at basically what i like to say is how you enter a game early, like your like the first half of a football game, right? Like a coach has their first fifty plays always scripted, right? Like, but if you want to go super gamesmanship, sure, structure it. But you understand what the adjustments are on the other end, right? right. So, like, yeah, if we have this structure in place, then we're gonna have this available later, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just this age-old baseball of fastball outside, fastball outside, get them leaning mm -hmm. outside, then they're ready for the inside pitch, right? Like, kids can go deeper than that at a higher level the earlier you expose them to that. Because if – I'm just going to go out and say it. If my kids are playing your kids, I know what you're telling, right? Yeah, so I know exactly. I'm going to be telling my kids, like, all right, you know the normal baseball you guys play? It's <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not gonna like, happen. You guys are going to see some strange sequences that are going to make you off balance. So what you should be more in tune with is what is the pitch making you do? It's making you lean that way? Okay. Why do I want you to lean that way? You know, what is your swing doing? Instead of teaching kids just like, hey, let's hit the opposite way, right? Like, it's just sparring. It's just you got to spar with different – it would be like – like a Kubate of dojos, like Cobra Kai versus Team Daniel LaRusso, right? You would have to do that. Really <laughs> Name dropping. Name dropping. I ain't like, you know, I'm not afraid to say I loved Cobra Kai. It was a little crazy the end of season one. Like, this kid gets like kicked and then he's in the hospital. It's really, really crazy. Um, but. <laughs> What I'm getting at is, like, just the understanding of how people play baseball games adds to your toolbox instead of just constantly playing your game all the time. Like, how many kids really understand 
why their lineup is set up the way that it is. Like we've had conversations in our facility, right? Like you do with parents to teach them how the game is organized from like a roster standpoint. Well, I need three catchers because that guy plays football, right? He could get hurt and he also may not show up. Um, and instead of necessarily understanding how that layer works, it's like, oh, like I need to be good at like all these different things. People get caught up in that they're not playing, which yeah, playing's important, but like you're a big staple of the game because you can play many positions to help the team win. That's how the team's structured, right? And if a team is structured in a best way for it to perform, right, you got to tell the kids that. I think that's one thing maybe you should explain to kids is like, do you know why I bet this guy fourth? Yeah, he strikes out a lot. But have you ever seen him hit a fastball? It's amazing, <laughs> right? And like kids don't argue right. with that stuff. But it's because of guys like you, and I'm pointing the finger at you, that you've exposed that layer of just like, you're not teaching kids this? Like teach them to take a first pitch fastball when they're down by one? Awesome. Hey, guys, if you score one run, we're pretty much going to throw strikes the rest of the game. Like, it, yeah. like that's what's going to happen because you've seen the pattern of play, right? It's a right. robot baseball. They're not paying attention and growing with it. Right. Yeah, it's it's obvious. You know, when that's that's what I'm excited about watching this game and seeing, you know, you will know, we'll know within the first three pitches what kind of game it's going to be, right? I mean, are they, are they in Atlanta or are they in Houston? I don't know who won the All-Star game. Is it like that still? I think it is. I think it is. Let's find out. Which I like that because at least it gives them some percentage of accountability to show up. Like they're just like, I gotta want to win today. Houston, we're in Houston, so we're ending in Houston. Yep, and the Braves are eighty-eight and seventy-three. And I saw a stat the other day that was the the uh, first team with the lowest like or the latest past five hundred in the history of the game. Like they didn't get over 500 until August, like August 12th yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I know. So, like, coincidentally, when they got Jock Peterson, by the way, coincidentally, dude, there was this writer in Chicago that when he was playing for the Cubs, he had a bad week or something. And you know how big city writers are. The headline was Jock Peterson is irreparable from his previous form i'm like you're saying he's just done i'm like we're in may it's may 14th what are we talking about and then the next day or so he hit like three bombs and then he gets traded to the braves and like look what happens right like mm -hmm. he's jock peterson so right whatever but i wanted to i wanted to ask you this what do you think is the the keys to victory for both teams. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, Astros can swing it, right? So, I, I mean, we're, it's just going to be matchup-based. I really think it is. I mean, each at-bat is going to be so important because, you know, all nine guys in the Astros are, th are a threat. But the Braves are equally as a threat. I mean, look at, look at the leadoff guy, right? I mean, the Twins forgot about him. And then just gave him up to the Braves. And then this guy just ties the record for most hits in a playoff series. What? So, I mean, it, it's going to come down to – it's going to be a one-pitch game. It's going to be very excited because it's going to be who makes the first mistake, 
whether it's the first guy to hang a ball or the first you, you don't really see defensive mix-ups, but I'm I'm gonna call in one. I'm gonna I'm gonna call a a, a bad read, maybe maybe a bad read, maybe somebody banana routes it because that that's the mistake to me. A banana Who's got route, the better defense. Well, the Astros do for sure. They're definitely better coached on on angles and stuff like that. So if Jock Peterson's playing right field, that'll be an issue. I'll say that. Oh yeah, for sure. If he's DH, right. cool with that. Right, right. So. You know, uh, that's. I think that's. So we'll start off. So we got two games in Houston. So the Braves' ability to lift the ball to left field is going to be very interesting as well. So if Framber goes, let's let's run and let's go into some data hey, here. Funky Freddy, I, I'm calling Funky Freddy goes deep tomorrow night. Oppa like oh. Dude, he loves to flick it too. He loves just a little. You only has to hit 300 feet. That's a fly ball. <laughs> He sets a square fly ball up to left field. It's gone. Yeah. If he was like Adrian Gonzalez, if he could have done that in Boston, he would have hit a thousand home runs. Right. Just right. hit a fly ball to left field. A little bit harder in Fenway. It's 40, 50 feet higher than Astros, but you get my Isn't point. it funny? I'm so glad you said that too, because isn't it funny when guys leave ballparks that they don't necessarily know that strategy was in their own favor, that they don't they're not the same guy? That was the old Colorado Rockies thing. Right. Right. I mean, Todd Helton never left. Like, why don't you want to leave? Like, I hit 340. I hit, like, every time I – why would you leave here? Better all star every year. I just stay here. Why would I go <laughs> We'll win here, right? I mean, God, I, that makes a lot of hey, sense. They played the World Series. They went seven games with, right. the, with the Red right. Sox. Right. Ubaldo. Right. Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to go name? over – I'm gonna. there's going to be – I got a real interesting um, um, baseball savant on my two starting pitchers, and, and then I'm going to make my prediction on game one here. Okay. Uh, I got I got Framber Diaz – or Valdez, right? So he his um, launch angle on average is negative 5-5. Five, five. The pitchers? Yeah. Wow. His – Average exit velo is 90.8, so pretty average. Hard hit percentage, though, is 44%. Look, okay. guy's hammering it into the ground. He gives a shit. But, I mean, but no, 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 no. Think about that, what you're saying right now. You're right. Hammering it into, you could just you, – you could actually play a little a little a three-piece easy game, right? You could stay middle. Yeah. yeah. You could stay middle and six-hole and just be like six-hole, six-hole, then he's yeah. going to hang one and lift, right? If you can get your guys to execute that, I mean, because think about it, uh, Rosario is going to play that. He's going to play dump game on the curveball, so he's going to get up on the plate, open up, and hit it over the first baseman. That's what he'll do, or he'll do the same thing and dump it over the shortstop, or he might even bunt. Like, because I mean, Framberg can fill this position, but What's like Framberg's average two ninety seven, two ninety seven. So against, he's yeah, giving up a lot of base hits. They're right. throwing him out there for sure with confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's – what's he done in the postseason? I really don't well, care. He's hot. I love he's hot. He's hot. He's hot. I love ground right. balls, dude. And I love the middle for the Braves. I think Austin Riley's a good third baseman as well. Um, and, you know, Funky's going to pick it all day long. So, you've got the best infield for this guy. Probably. 
right? The best infield for this guy. If he was a fly ball guy, you got Duvall in center field. It's a little sketchy, right? That's right. kind of right. Duvall, Peterson, or who who else would play right? Oh, man, what if Acuna was in this series? Holy crap. You got him in right field? Acuna? 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 Yeah. Acuna. Acuna. He, he was. Uh, Is he there was, an Enya? Uh, I don't around. know if I see an Enya. It's Acuna. It's Acuna. Yeah. Um, he was walking around out there looking like a panther when they won the when they won the uh, NLCS on the field right there, and you could just see it like he wanted to play. And I wouldn't be surprised. If, I mean, crazier shits happened. I mean, look at Kirk Gibson. He didn't have a knee. You know what I'm saying? But who knows if he's even tested it out? I mean, it's real early in the process. You would hate to ruin a knee over. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not like he's yeah. not a threat no, in the box, yeah. but like, yeah, because I mean that. It was his right knee, right? So that's his torque leg. You don't even know how that's going to go. Yeah. And he doesn't – and he, you know what? He, and he knee slams sometimes too, right? So he really torques that inner, every, inner ACL. Every right Latin there. guy tends to knee slam because it's quicker. Yeah. Right. It is. It's quicker. Like, it, it's a quicker move, but it doesn't necessarily supply you more lower half part. We don't have to go into the weeds. But let's, <laughs> let's focus on – let's focus on – what I'm talking about is – the reason why I'm – I think the I'm an NL guy. I'm going to take the Braves in this thing for sure, the whole yeah, thing. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the Braves and the whole thing and game one to the Braves. But I'm going to give game one, and then I know you want to do your thing. But that defense, I think, if Fromberg's hot and you've got a good defense, they don't shift a lot. You know, and you got a pretty good Astros hitting team. Why would you shift a whole lot on those guys? Like, they're good at hitting the baseball. Just play a little bit more mm -hmm. straight up, right? Right. I think you'll be okay, but I still stand by those two guys up the middle are really going to change the game. If Fromberg does get hit hard, I think those two are going to be what saved the game for the Braves. If they don't, it's going to be a hard night for the Braves. Mm -hmm. True, true, but the Braves do have a, a rather, you know, the, the bullpen backup situation should be interesting, and I think it's – We'll we'll see the we'll see the seven game marathon if if the Bra whoever goes to the bullpen early, I think I think is going to lose it. I think well, if, the Astros if you are can sprinting in front of people, <laughs> right? Like five months, like boom, they're gone. It's like oh shit, yeah. we got to start moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if, if they if they pull that and get to the Braves bullpen early, I don't see this thing going past five games. You know, but the Braves are gritty. And they can win these late games. Eesh. Eesh. Yeah, Eesh. face Freddie Freeman four times. Oof. It's not going to go well. Dude, face, facing the Astros lineup three times through, the Red Sox proved that it's a very hard thing to do. But keeping the Astros silent for two games wasn't that hard for anybody else to prove. Like, Correct. the Red Sox did it. The White Sox did it. Like, a they shut down those bats. Now, the Braves haven't, I think, been shut out in the postseason as bad as two runs against the Dodgers. It's like a 4-2 game. But, like, it feels like when the Astros lose, they lose big. But when they win, mm -hmm. they win big, too. It's almost like an Alabama-type thing. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like they're blowing people's doors off. So, what's your, what's your prediction for game one score-wise? I'm going to say – oh, my God. I mean – Let's see what the over-under is, actually. I would that say would it's be... a 5-4 game. Nine and a half sounds like a pretty solid spread. Yeah, it's eight and a half. Eight and, and a half. Over, 
And then the over-under is 20, too, so. You know what? Um, I mean, God, what if that, <laughs> that means it's going to be like 10 to 11. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> is that going to be a barn burner or an absolute <laughs> shutout? Right, exactly. We're going um, 15 runs for the Reds or for the Astros, 14 yeah, I could see for like a three. 9 to 6, actually. I could see something like that, like a 9 to 6 or maybe like a 6 to 1 or something. But something where they're. I think I don't think that's their game. They can, but you never know. You never know. A couple, a couple big hits. You know. I mean, it's not like they didn't have opportunities. You know what I mean? Especially in a small had, ballpark. Yeah, and the Braves had big opportunities with runners on, and you never know what's going to happen with little little jam job home run or something. Isn't it crazy? The Astros have like a left field that's like three hundred feet away. Yeah, like, that's wild. That's what like, I mean, they, the ballpark should be small. Like, let's be honest. Right. We should have the DH. We should right. have the DH. The balls should fly, and the ballpark should be relatively small. Nobody, right. no, nobody, no came here. Nobody came here to watch singles. Let's be honest. Okay? Right. I wouldn't argue with that. Except I love defense. I love watching the center fielder run a ball down. So the shorter the fences are. You, I know, but you still get that, right? You still oh, get that 100%. Game. And, and it actually probably gets even more fun because it's a smaller field of play, which means there's more chances for outfielders to make better plays. So it's you got to remember that. For sure. Definitely right. Like, that, those flares turn into this real exciting, ah, David Justice. Oh, yes. Thank you, David. <laughs> so to end this thing, because we both got to get moving here. I'm gonna. I'm, I I have to get some some of these highlights done for this show in particular. Um, we've we've dropped some absolute knowledge bombs, and we gotta we gotta get some curriculum, you know, kind of balled up, packaged yep. out there. Uh, but last thing that I just I I want to talk to you about before we leave is we talked last time about Charlie Morton. Right, and we're talking about what's his name? What's his name? Framber. Not Framber. Fram who's pitching Durf. for the Astros? Framber. Oh, okay. So who's pitching for the Braves? Excuse me, Charlie Morton. Okay, so I had those two things mixed up. I apologize. So it's okay. If we're going with Correa, excuse me, and Altuve up the middle, dude, I definitely got. I I think I got. I think I got to change my prediction for game one. I think I'm going to take the Astros in game one. I had that mixed up. I had the ground ball guy mixed up. I'm going to take the Astros in game one, but I think the Braves are going to get more hits than the Astros tonight. I think the Braves are going to have a better offensive showing a little bit. I still got the Braves winning the whole thing, right? I still got the Braves winning the whole thing. But, like, what I see from the Braves is, like, almost like a college baseball team. Like, they seem to really buy into these, like, and I hate saying this, it's almost like Friday Night Lights. They love each other. And, like, the Astros have it, too, because they've been together for a minute. The Astros uh -huh. have been together since 2015, uh -huh. 2014, right? But I think this is the first team that the Astros are playing that's almost just like that, right? right. And I just like how the Braves play baseball. I really do. So I'm going to change my prediction. I think it's a close game. The Astros win, but the Braves show up. It's a close game. Braves take the whole series. So I'm not sure how many games. Right. Sounds good. Great one. Good prediction. We'll see. We shall see tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific, 5.09 first pitch. I was going to say, it's, no, it's like 5.11 or like 5.17. Yeah. 
And for those that don't know, it's the national anthem plus announcements of players. That's that's uh, the reason why the weird start time. Um, you don't want to do any coverage about the game, you know, in the yeah. stadium. Yeah, exactly. Right? You don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to talk about what we're about to witness here. 100%. 100%. Act like you've been there. You know, that's a baseball <laughs> thing. <laughs> act, act, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is my first World Series? Hey, act like you've been there before. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Don't cool. be emotional. Uh, okay. Hey, nobody on the Braves has been in the World Series but Charlie Morton. True. Very true. Everybody that's why Uncle Astros has been that's why, that's why I'm going on Uncle Charlie there. I'm going on Uncle Charlie. Yeah. In Houston. And listen, you got to think about humidity. Oh, he going to be spinning it. Yeah, he is. He's gonna be doing. He ain't gonna be slipping out of his hand. That's why I bet you. I bet you that's why he loves Atlanta and he loves um, Houston because of the ball is probably easier to hold to spin. I'm not gonna be a curveball guy in in New York, right? What? Oof. Oof. Be a cutter. Let's guy. run down to Florida. Let's be a Florida. Let's run down to Florida where the humidity is and be a curveball guy there. If that's the case, the Marlins have the best pitching staff in the league. Hey, Jose Ramirez or uh, Jose Fernandez had a, an explosive slider, right? Explosive hey, giant slider. That dude was the best. Who? Oh my God! Wow. If you guys, if you have not watched Jose Fernandez, <laughs> you're watching this podcast right now. We need to go watch some games with him. We need to go commentate and watch some games. That would be amazing. I'm that would be some YouTube up on him right now. <laughs> just about. Like I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm not joking. <laughs> Anyways, thanks guys for tuning in. John, close this out, my friend. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's win a ball game on Instagram. We'll put we'll tag everything in the show notes right here. Thanks, uh, Alex. I appreciate it. Um, you have a good day. Keep crushing. Talk to you soon. Later, buddy. Thanks you too.